Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we do a quick trip report and talk about whether Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party is worth the money. Find old episodes of this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, where you receive bonus content. You can also support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions for us, email us anytime, disneydeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on Instagram, DisneyDeciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So I am back from a very short Halloween trip with my youngest daughter. And so uh, we thought we'd talk about it a little bit. Um, We did cover it on Patreon, patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. But I was very tired at the time uh, when I was recording those. And so we thought we'd dig into things a little bit more in depth here before we get started, just a reminder, you can check us out on patreon.com slash Disney Decipher and receive bonus content. Leslie is going to be doing her fall trip, what, in like two weeks? Less than two weeks. Yeah. To Disneyland. Yeah. And trying the new Disneyland villas, the new DVC tower at Disneyland Hotel. Looking forward to hearing that. How many days are you going to be in the parks? We're only going to be in the parks two days, but we're going to be in Anaheim essentially three days, three days and two nights. We're going to do one day where we kind of just do downtown Disney stuff and Pluto's pumpkin pursuit and, you know, pool at the villas. Got to hit up that Steamboat Willie splash pad at the new villas. Really excited about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks good. Uh, What is Pluto's pumpkin pursuit? I do not (laughs) recall you mentioning that in the Disneyland Halloween episode, or I wasn't paying attention. Oh, it's really, really a small thing. It's a scavenger hunt through downtown Disney where they hide pumpkins that are painted to look like Disney characters. And you pay like, like 12 bucks or something like that and get a card and then you trade that in for a little prize at the end. Nice. Well, patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered if you want to hear about that live. But let's talk about my trip, some of the aspects we haven't discussed. One thing we will not discuss on this main episode is some airport issues that I had on the way down to Florida. Let's just say that I took getting onto my flight last minute a little bit too far this time. But if you're curious about that, uh, if you're a patron, you've already heard that. But having arrived to MCO, you know, I found something out, Leslie, that I'm not sure if it was the time, uh, although it happened twice, but I did try to use Uber car seat. And actually, can you first remind people what Uber car seat is since most cities don't have it? Yeah. So you can get an Uber with one car seat. Uh, It's usually a convertible car seat that may have to be forward facing. So it's not great for using with infants because you may not get a model that can rear face, but for like the two to five year old, six year old range, it's um, a really great option. It costs a little bit extra, maybe about $10 more per ride to get that car seat. Yeah. So there was Uber car seat X and Uber car seat black or XL or one of those. And yeah, you're right. It was about five, $10 more. But what I found out when I landed in MCO was that I had to pre-schedule 
that. And I, w- I didn't try because I didn't want to wait around at the airport. I didn't try scheduling for like 20 minutes from after I landed or whatever. Just one thing to note, if you're using Uber car seat, you know, I have had people also say that they could not find Uber car seat as an option. It's like you have to scroll down to get it. I will say that it is an option. I think sometimes depending on where your you say your location is going to be at MCO, it's a little bit off, um, but it's there, except for I couldn't get it like live. Uh, I had to schedule it. So I decided, you know, I had, I had brought a portable car seat anyway. So we took a regular Uber down to our hotel and then uh, we did schedule an Uber car seat back. Leslie, the Uber car seat just, you know, it's only a single data point, but the Uber car seat that I had, he had both a convertible car seat that I think could forward or rear face. And he also had a booster and my daughter is old enough to just use the booster. So he didn't have to go through the whole song and dance of installing the car seat or whatever. So just a data point out there. I know people are always concerned, especially with kids about how to get down to their hotel, Uber car seat, good option. I will also throw in I've been recommending Tiffany Town Car to a lot of clients, even though I haven't personally used it for kind of group travel from MCO. And so far, everyone who has used it, a handful of clients, they have all liked it. So you can check out Tiffany Town Car if you're looking for a non mirrors option from the airport. All right. So Leslie, I stayed at the Grand Floridian in a resort view room for two nights. We're going to do a one-on-one on the Grand Floridian. We last did it in 2019, Leslie. So I think it's due for an update, but that will be another episode. I will talk a little bit about my overall impression of the resort. You know, I'm curious, you know, when you think Grand Floridian, Leslie, what are, what are your kind of thoughts that come to mind? It is Disney's flagship. So I, I guess I had no, I had no expectations going in, but when you think Grand Floridian, what are you thinking of? I think you've gotten bougie, Joe. But (laughs) anyway, no, I mean, I think of the Grand Hotel. I think of, I mean, it's modeled after the Hotel Del Coronado in San Diego, which we have gone on record here that I absolutely love. So it gets bonus points for that. But I mean, yeah, it's Disney's flagship, higher end property. It's elegant. It's incredibly expensive. You won't get your money's worth, objectively speaking, but a lot of people will only stay there. And I understand that perspective. I don't know if I understand that perspective. I will tell you right now is not the time to stay there because one thing that I was really struck in the face with is the construction. It's all over the place. There's scaffolding. You know, I was, in fact, I was thinking about changing my stay, but then I saw that the scaffolding had been removed from the lobby, which was great. The lobby looked great and it looked like it should look, but all around the resort was scaffolding. And I was like, man, this is, this is pretty brutal. I was staying on a discounted rate, but you know, if you're paying rack rate for this, it, it just, for example, normally you can walk along an outer walkway that is covered from the main lobby to Gasparilla Grill, which is the quick service restaurant, but you could not do that because of all the scaffolding and stuff like that. You have to walk around outside, which is totally fine, except for when there's a freak rainstorm, which is what happened our first night. And so we got soaked just walking, uh, you know, it was was only like 20 yards to um, get dinner. Actually, we weren't going there for dinner. We had, were walking to our room, but yeah, in, in general, that was a little bit annoying. So I would say there's no kind of end date for the construction right now. It seems like maybe in the spring, I would personally hold off on staying at the Grand Floridian, if, especially if you're just, I guess if you're like a regular Grand Floridian 
of guests, then, you know, uh, all the more power to you. But if you're going to stay at Grand Floridian for like the one time on a Disney trip, you might want to wait until the construction is over. So we ate at the Grand Floridian Cafe. We did not go to Citricos, uh, even though we just talked about it at a recent episode, Leslie, mainly because I didn't think my daughter would be able to handle uh, all the fancy food. I will report that they were great with allergies. As always, they offered her the gluten-free bread because that did not contain any dairy. So, you know, it's always good to remember that um, Disney is great with allergies and things like that. Getting from the Magic Kingdom to Grand Floridian, Leslie, there are a few options now. Do you want to remind us? And what do you think I took? So you can take the monorail. You can walk along that new walking path. And I guess... That's it, right? Because you can't, I guess you could take a minivan if you really had money to spare. <laughs> you could take a minivan and get dropped off. What did you do, uh, Joe? I think you monorailed. Close, Leslie. And there's also a ferry. Oh, uh, of course. A, a of little course. boat, yes. Yeah, so it was too long of a walk for my daughter and myself. So we took the monorail there because on the resort loop, that is one stop. And then we took the ferry back. Um, the ferry goes Magic Kingdom, Grand Floridian, Polly, Magic Kingdom, and it goes in a triangle. So, you know, it's Grand Floridian is the first stop back. So it was super convenient. I would have loved to have walked. I mean, the weather was perfect for walking. It was low 80s, upper 70s at night. It was, you know, really perfect Florida weather. But unfortunately, you know, small legs on the five-year-old. And so uh, she could not do it. I just remembered, I, I hadn't mentioned this, you know, we did get her a birthday pin. Remember that, you know, her birthday's in like a week from now. And so you can always get a birthday pin to say you're celebrating. Uh, Leslie, she decided eventually to not wear it because she was tired of explaining to people that it wasn't her birthday yet. <laughs> the crown is heavy, Joe. The crown is heavy. Yes, yes. She's like, it's too much pressure to explain that my birthday, you know, as if as if Disney cast members have never encountered this. It was just too much pressure to talk about my birthday being in a couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, abandoned the pin. Another quick note is Gasparilla Grill, the quick service. I guess I alluded to this. It's weird that you can't get to it from the lobby. Although the main tower, the main building, I guess, is like all club level rooms anyway. So maybe they're like the club level people aren't like going down to Gasparilla Grill all the time. But it's weird that you have to go outside to get there or there's no inside access to it. And so that's my only remark there. That and my kid was like double fisting Mickey waffles. I don't like Mickey waffles, Leslie, but she, I think it was, I think it was just used as a conduit for syrup. But yeah, I don't know what you're feeling on Mickey waffles are. They're not, they're not my favorite. Uh, sometimes they can kind of stay out and get overheated and reheated and they get a little, a little dry or something like that. But I mean, generally anything as a vehicle for syrup is fine with me. All right. So our magic kingdom day, this, we call this the princess trip for myself and my daughter. She's super into princesses. Leslie, on a normal day at Magic Kingdom, do you think you can name, and I will edit out your pauses, do you think you can name all the princesses that are there? Or how many do you think you can name? I'm going to fail at this because we weren't going to Disney World during my daughter's very brief princess phase. But there's Belle, um, there's Ariel, uh, then then it, then it all blurs together. Okay. I'm, sure there Rapun- I'm sure there's Rapunzel. I'm sure there's Rapunzel. There, yeah, there is Rapunzel. Who is there not? You know, the, the big one is who is there not? Who's not there? Ooh, Cinder- Cinderella, because she's at the Royal, Royal Table? No, she Maybe? is there. Maybe? She, oh, she is there. Okay. I yeah, don't know. No. I don't know. Come on. The biggest princesses. The biggest princesses of this generation. Of our, like, the current generation. Oh, Anna and Elsa. 
Yes. So they're not because there. Because they're in Epcot. Yes. Right. Um, and so they're the main ones that aren't there. On regular princess meet and greets, there are six. Belle, Ariel, Cinderella, and a friend who has typically been Elena of Avalor um, the last few times I've been there. And then Tiana and a friend. Um, and that friend has typically been Rapunzel the last few times I've been there. So we got all six of those. All via Genie Plus, you know, it is weird to use Genie Plus reservations for princesses, but that is like what we focused our main Genie Plus strategy on. And that works. So if you have a kid, and this is what I want to share with everyone, like if you have a kid who really wants to see princesses or characters in general at the Magic Kingdom, like you could throw Mickey in there as well. Using Genie Plus to do that is really going to save you a lot of time because, man, these princess meet and greets are so slow. For good reason, like the princesses did an amazing job of talking to my daughter and like, I have no idea what they talk about. They talk about some nonsense like bows or hair. I don't know. I don't know what they talk about, but you know, the princesses do such a great job, not only talking to my daughter and then, you know, she was of course wearing a birthday pin. So they were super nice to her, but honestly I was, you know, you're in line, you watch them interacting with multiple families and they did such a great job with all the families. Um, Cinderella was particularly talkative. Uh, Elena of Avalor kept being like, come on, let's go. You know, I'm waiting because you know you gotta <laughs> you gotta go through Cinderella first before you get to Elena. She's like, come on, I'm ready, I'm ready. <laughs> so they do a great job, but that just makes things so slow. So if you're in the regular standby line, you know, even when you're at the front of the line, you like wait five minutes. And so if you imagine you're 10 people back, that's like 50 minutes. And so it feels very painful. Um, and I really recommend using Genie Plus to do the princesses. It works out well if you're not doing any of the thrill attractions. We were able to, you know, grab uh, Winnie the Pooh, Small World, although we didn't do Small World, Peter Pan, Buzz Lightyear if we had wanted to do it, Speedway. Like we could have done all those smaller Genie Plus attractions and interspersed them with princesses um, if we had liked. And so I thought that worked pretty well. So we spent the majority of the day there and then uh, we went to the Halloween party. So Leslie, can you give us a quick rundown of what is at Mickey's not so scary Halloween party? And then I'll talk a little bit about what we did and then whether it's worth it or not. Sure. So it's been a while for me, but there's the parade that's there. There's, of course, all of the trick-or-treating opportunities and the well-publicized giant scoops of candy that are happening this year. There is a fireworks show and... I'm trying to think if, I mean, there are lots of decor and decorations and character meet and greets and costume. So what else uh, have I missed, Joe? Oh, Hocus Pocus Show. Hocus Pocus Show, which is a cult classic at this point. And anything else major that I've missed? The parade. Pretty good. No, Leslie. I said the parade. I said, oh, the, parade. said the parade. That's what oh, I led with. Attention. Okay. Okay. Because I was I was looking at the notes and you weren't going in the order of the notes, which means you weren't looking at them. So I wasn't looking. Great. That was from great. memory, Joe. Great that work. Was memory. Great work. <laughs> Great work on your part. Yeah, so all that stuff is going on at Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. If you have a Halloween party ticket, you're allowed into the park at 4 p.m. during what's called the mix-in period. All regular guests are kicked out at 6 p.m. and the party officially starts at 7 p.m. Oh, the other thing that you missed, Leslie, is that there are ride overlays, um, Space Mountain, uh, teacups, and one more. I think maybe it was Tomorrowland Speedway. I can't I can't remember. We Obviously, we didn't do any of those. And so... The crazy thing, Leslie, about this, you know, taking a five-year-old is she was not interested in anything you listed except for trick-or-treating. Like, just had no interest. Even, you know, Ariel and Prince Eric were meeting, 
and she saw them and she was like, oh, I kind of want to see them. And I was like, it looks like the wait's 30 minutes. And she's like, nah, forget it. And so all the special character meet and greets, um, all that stuff, you know, she could not have cared less about any of that. And so we spent the majority of our night trick-or-treating um, and we got a ton of candy, uh, you know, pounds and pounds of candy. We're not going to finish it. We're probably going to give some away at Halloween to children who come by our house, you know, reuse the candy. But, you know, it made me really question like whether the Halloween party was worth it. I didn't I didn't even walk by the castle when the Hocus Pocus show was going on. And we were back in the hotel room before fireworks, which was at 1015. And we didn't show up to the party until six. So we were really only there for four hours. And at almost $200 a ticket, I think it's a real question um, whether it's worth it or not. However, I think that, I, I don't know, there was just something about, and even like more so than the Christmas party, there was something about she is gonna always remember trick-or-treating at the Magic Kingdom. Like, I think that was like a really big deal to her. And that's why like, you know, she had like a stomach ache and she was like not feeling well at the end of the night. And she's like, we gotta do three more trick-or-treating she was like so into it i mean she she just had so much fun um she dressed up you know she put on her elsa dress she was like super excited she like did her hair i'm really mad at me for not booking bibbidi bobbidi boutique um but i was like you can't do it every single time okay we can't do it every single time should maybe i should have saved it for this time but but you know it's it's a time suck so you didn't have a lot of time to to make that happen but i mean i think that's a fair point though is is it worth it for younger kids and i have always said at least when it comes to oogie boogie bash that it really didn't become worth it for us until my son was six even then i mean he's not going to make it till you know, very late. And, uh, you know, I see all these people taking like toddlers and preschoolers. And I mean, we, I did that once myself two years ago at Disneyland and, you know, they just, they abandoned ships so early and you're not going to get your money's worth, but the trick or treating is memorable for sure. My kids both still talk about that from their Oogie Boogie Bash memories. And that's what they primarily wanted to do. Well, I meanwhile was trying to steer them towards like all the offerings at Disneyland. You get characters with your trick or treating, so you don't have to make as big of a trade off um, there, but, but I'm glad, I'm glad you guys had that memory. And that's, that's fun. It's fun when your kids are at that stage, when they're like competitive trick or treaters, when it's just like as many houses as is possible as many treat trails uh, as possible not, i mean fun for them yeah fun for them <laughs> you uh, got your steps in we definitely got our steps in like over twenty thousand, and no stroller for her so she did a great job and i didn't even have to carry her once i you know i think that it was much more easy to swallow because it was just the two of us even like even if i had had to pay for my wife um if she had been with us like it would have felt worse just to like you know, go trick or treating for like $600. But at the same time, you know, I do feel like there are, um, you know, especially in our case, when there was just the two of us, like there are places where you can cut money out of a Disney vacation to free stuff up if you want to go to the Halloween party, right? Like um, if you're on a week long trip, you know, take out two table services for your family of four and you're, you know, you've got half your party money right there. So I think definitely if it's in the budget, I thought the experience was worth it. You know, it's at the point where you've already paid it and like you, I wasn't thinking about the money anymore and I just wanted to ha her to have the best time possible. I will say that it really helped. It actually helped that she didn't want to see the characters because we didn't have to wait in super long lines. Although um, I said this on the Patreon trip report. 
but uh, there were some characters that had pretty short lines. So it just depended where you were. Some tips I would give for the party. There's really no reason, except for if you have a five-year-old who is obsessed to trick-or-treat early. Like Even if you wait until two hours into the party, it becomes more or less a walk-on and you can get your candy in like two, three minutes. Whereas sometimes we waited 10, 15 minutes for candy. So if you go on rides early, I think that would work out really well and you can go trick-or-treating later. The late parade is always going to be less people, but that's close to 12 o'clock. So too late for my kid. We watched the parade at uh, was it 8.45 or, or 9.15. I think we watched it right in Liberty Square where it came out and that was totally fine. It was It's a great parade and we had a lot of fun. We watched like two thirds of the parade before you know we decided to go back to trick-or-treating. So that's uh, another tip I have there. And then I guess the biggest tip I will have, and this goes for those of you who do not have young kids, and I guess you just said it, Leslie, a lot of people bring, including me, bring their young kids to this party. Well, the amount of people, and I'm I'm in a Slack group that is not Disney-related, and someone just recently went to the Halloween party, and they were like, I was shocked at how many people left after the parade, which is around 9.45 p.m. That's not even, fireworks are at 10.15 so like before the fireworks, she was like, I was shocked a ton of people left. And yeah, that's the case. There's so many young kids that like by 10 o'clock, you know, a third, maybe even a half of party goers, I mean, maybe not a half, but like a third of party goers are going home at that point, those last two hours, you can really make hay with your trick or treating character lines, and especially the attraction lines are going to be super low. We went on three attractions during the night, but we definitely could have gone on more if we wanted to. So overall, a really good time. I thought it was worth the money just for this, you know, one memory and one experience. She really imprinted on me like the first two days that we got home after the trip and it was less than 48 hours that we're on the road together. Like she would not be separated from me. She would like, it was like two-year-old levels of separation anxiety. I always appreciate those one-on-one trips because you get that kind of bonding. And you know, this is the last time I think any of our kids are going to be young enough to really imprint on us that way. You know, now they're mostly getting too cool for school for all of us. I know. Well, I'm glad you had that special memory, Joe. Sounds like a successful, like what, 49 hours or something like that. So why don't we close this out with a traditional Disney do or don't? What do you have? Yeah. So one of my Disney do's is if, if possible, I'm always if you can take a solo trip with your child, any of your children, one at a time, doesn't even have to be to Disney World. I just think the traveling with one child is so valuable just because you get that one-on-one time. Um, it's really great. Uh, my other Disney do is like my Disney do, I guess, not my life do, is if you're going to do the party and you're there on a longer trip, there's no reason to be there at four o'clock PM. That's when like, there's a huge crowd that is lined up, like trying to get in and you have to like wait to get your bands. And then you like go through the whole section where you get your bag and you have to wait to get your, like, this is just a lot of waiting. And especially like, especially if it's like August when the party starts, it's like so hot and stuff like that. Rolling in at six o'clock was six, six fifteen. I think is when we rolled in was pretty much perfect. There were no lines. We had not been in at the park We had been at the park during the day, so we took a break to go to the pool and stuff like that. I think that works out really well. No need to maximize that extra time, especially if you're on a longer trip. Um, And I mean, I would say if you're on a longer trip on the party day, even if you didn't have a park ticket for that day and you were just relaxing at the resort, you still don't need to roll in until later because, you know, 
theoretically you've been at the parks on other days. I guess if that's your one and only Magic Kingdom day, maybe you want to maximize things by going at four o'clock. But like I said, it's a sunk cost already. Uh, much better overall experience, in my opinion, to not deal with the crowds right at that four o'clock beginning of the mix-in period. Yeah, very good tip. All right. Well, that does it for this trip report. Uh, thanks again for following along. A reminder, you can find us on YouTube now, youtube.com slash at Disney Deciphered. You can find us on Twitter at WW Deciphered and on Instagram, Disney Deciphered. Leslie, where can people find your work? Everywhere on social media at Trips with Tykes and on my blog, tripswithtykes.com. Lots of Disney articles getting updated this week with all the news. <laughs> so stay tuned yes. there. Lots of news, lots of news. We're <laughs> debating whether to cover it here or not. You can find me at As a Joe Flies all over social media. And if you're looking to book a trip, you can email me, Joseph Chung at travelmation.net. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, thank you and happy fall to everyone. Hopefully, you get to a Disney park in fall sometime. You know, I really enjoy the fall decorations. But other than that, Leslie, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. And I will see you going to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party for the first time next year. Do it. I've been before. (laughs) What? For the first time since the pandemic ended. Nailed it. Thanks, Joe. (laughs) 